Hello and welcome to the Magnetically You podcast. I'm your host, Madison Zerdijk. I'm a mindset and energy coach here to help you feel your freaking best and manifest a life full of magic, miracles, and abundance. I know that whatever led you here did not happen by coincidence. So I am so excited and grateful to have you here. So let's let the magic begin. Hi, and welcome back to the Magnetically You podcast. I have Kat Hargreaves here today, who I am so excited to interview. I heard her first on Organic Olivia's podcast and just could feel her so much in her power. And, you know, this podcast is called Magnetically You. It's all about being that most authentic, true version of you. And I believe that when we're in that most authentic, true version of ourselves, we are our most magnetic. We are our most powerful. We are our most joyful, free beings. And I feel like Catherine, you embody that so deeply. So I'm so excited to have you here and interview you. Thank you so much for having me, Madison. It is such a pleasure to be here. Yay. Okay. Let's get right into it. Cause I have so many questions for you. So Can you share with us a little bit about what you do and what kind of led you into that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's funny because today I actually arrived at a new description of what I do. And I feel like I'm always evolving this because (laughs) what I do is, is not exactly like an established job on LinkedIn. So I, I really relate to spiritual technologist. And what I mean by that is I'm really fascinated by the different tools and methodologies and ways, like I actually refer to them as technology and I have training in technology, in design. So when I heard that, I was like, duh, of course that's what I do. I merge these really evolutionary natural technologies with people's you know, desire to transform and change and evolve and I help them find the path that will let them do that. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. I feel like it's really interesting. It's like answering that question. Like, what do you do? It's like, I don't know. I come up with something different every day. So yes, like, what day, what day are you going to catch me on? And who am I today? I don't know. Cause I'm a new person, <laughs> different person every day, but anyways, so what, what led you on this path to getting into all of this and and if you want to share like what your personal journey and transformation has been like absolutely yeah I mean this is such a as you said like there's no um, I don't believe in this definitive this is who I am because we're constantly shifting and changing Mm -hmm. and that is very much my path so god I've been all over the map basically (laughs) you know so I like to, I used to speak to a lot of my students on like, what, what is a career path? And mine has been like such a wiggly line and it is not linear. I don't think anything in life is linear. So really I am first and foremost, I'm a writer. That's where my training is. And I've always been really interesting in using writing as a way of excavating truth. Mm. And right. Like I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by the complexity of the world. And I'm really good at helping translate that for other people so that they can integrate those teachings into their own reality. So, you know, when I went to college and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. It was just a natural step for me to be like, well, I love writing. I love reading. I love thinking. So let's go down that route. 
but you know, there's not really a lot of, when you come out of college with an English degree, there's not really a lot of like job jobs that you can go into. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, rolled around a little bit post-college and was like trying to find a, a way to make money and find my path. And I ended up kind of falling into the design world. And thank God I did, because it gave me a framework for how to bring all of the things that I was thinking about and writing about into a tangible methodology. Mm. Yeah. Right. And that like really speaks to me because sorry to interrupt. I, I um, recently had this calling to ask this interior design place if they were hiring. And I'm like, I don't need a job. Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And like, my intuition was like, call these people. You feel so alive in here. I'm like, okay. And her voice, whatever you say. So I call them, I start working there. And that's, that's the feeling I get in there where it's like, it feels so good to, to physically have my hands on a tangible thing, to be in a beautiful space, to be like, I can go from this to this. And I see it and it's tangible because so much of my business feels so intangible being all online. So I love that you said that. And I feel like it, yeah, Mm. super resonates with me right now. Mm. I'm so glad you shared that because something I've been reflecting on is that we are archaeologists of our destiny, Mm. right? So I find that we often get these interesting, you know, like reroutes or invitations or calls that don't make sense, right? It's not linear. And we're like, why am I here? But it's because we're there to excavate something that is essential for our soul development. Yes. Yes. So good. My fiance was like, why are you doing that? Like it's an hour away. Like if you wanted a part-time job, like why wouldn't you just get one here? I'm like, I'm not even looking for a part-time job. Like, and I don't know what my end game is. I have no idea what I'm doing except my heart and my soul and something is telling me Mm. do it. And so we're going to see what happens. Yo, kudos, blessings to you for listening (laughs) to that. Because I think that we are often forced into these like you need to know your destination. You need to know your why. You need to know your purpose. Guess what? Like it's taken me years to unfold. What am I here to do? Because again, it's like this whole idea of something being like flat and in a box doesn't resonate with me. I think our purpose is, yeah, right? Like how boring. Our purpose is prismatic. And the way we apply Mm -hmm. it is going to look different in a variety of circumstances and settings. Oh my gosh. Love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get so bored. It's like when I find myself falling into the conditioning of you have to do this or that, and this is the right way. And and then I feel in a box and I'm just like, I feel like a caged animal. And it's like, no, we need to be free to soar and like do what feels good, even when it makes no fucking sense to anyone else in the world. Yes. Yes. For better or for worse, I have followed that that inkling, that urge, and I've gotten so I've gotten so many people who are like, "You're crazy! Like, don't you need yeah. a real job?" And one of my favorite tweets that I ever did was it was like them whispering, "What is you know? What do you do for a job though?" And it's like me bellowing, "Mother teacher of the transcendent mind fuck," because <laughs> you know we don't owe anyone an explanation. Yes. It is our life, our path. So I just, I really hear you and I support you and I applaud you for listening and allowing yourself to be who you are. 
Thank you so much. I feel so seen and so heard. Okay. So back to seeing and hearing you. So you got into design and it started opening up these concepts for you. Yes. So talk about a reroute and I'll just kind of say for a second, like side note in, did you ever take like one of those aptitude tests in like elementary school? (laughs) Yes. You're like, I was like, be a good this shit telling me who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, ew. And my top 10 was all some version of teacher. And I was like, you know, I'm an artist. Like, ew. <laughs> you know, and the idea of a teacher in, in that day and age for me was like, all I had were these examples of like unhappy, disgruntled moms wearing like denim smocks. And I was like, that's not me. But lo and behold, I left the tech world because I was, I had just like a really like bummer job working for a bunch of kind of idiotic white men with a lot of money. And I just got really disenchanted with tech and the startup world. And I was like, I need a change of pace. And the universe dropped me into a teaching job with one of my best friends, teaching design to people who were transitioning their careers into user experience design Mm. and so I find myself teaching and it just lights my soul on fire it's like oh oh, this is part of like my purpose this is part of what I'm here to do because it's just so natural like it was just I love learning I love helping people come into their own you know place of passion and purpose and And I love watching people break through. It's so satisfying. Mm -hmm. And so it was there working as a teacher in this, you know, very funky, non-traditional environment that really just was like, oh my gosh, okay, I need to pursue this at all costs. And I finally got to the point where I was like, what a great experience, but I want to take myself further. And I want to take these technologies that I've learned around transformation and around technology and around systems design and innovation. And I want to see what that could look like in our, in our culture at large. Like Mm -hmm. I've never been someone who's like, yes, I'm so excited that I've designed this product for you. You know, (laughs) like I could, I could give a crap about that. Yeah. I've always been so much more interested in how do we design ourselves so that we can live more freely, more in purpose, more aligned, more happy. And, you know, where that took me, I, I left the job. I started my own culture lab, Arco, and basically just let myself design transformational experiences, workshops, play temples for individuals, organizations. And it really was kind of my there was a parallel spiritual awakening that basically started happening the moment I left. And it just, it was like my whole world erupted. I completely went off the grid, so to speak, and haven't really gone back. And, um, you know, so where that took me is I've come into this place of really being like, okay, I've since been initiated as a diviner. And I work within a West African earth-based lineage. We'll talk more about that. But it all kind of came full circle, again, into this whole spiritual technologist role of, oh, I think we can redesign our world and our literal reality 
by rethinking the ways in which we are in relationship to ourselves, to our community, to our planet. And that's where I'm really starting to land myself. I feel like that's really where I want to be for a while. Oh, I love that. I feel like there's so much power in that. And I feel so much power in the words that you use, like the, the word excavating and erupted. And I'm just like hearing the power in the way that you use words. And it has me thinking and curious, like, what is your, you know, you said writing is like a way of excavating the truth for you. So like, how does that happen for you? And what is your writing process like? Because what I see from what I've read of yours and from what I, even the way you speak is that there is a really unique, special power to your words. It's like people are not running around saying play temple. And yet you've allowed yourself to be so free that you can have access to the knowing that that's that like word has meaning to you and just so freely like use it and speak in your own way and share in your own way. So what, what, what's your writing process and what allowed you to be in that? Just like say it in the way that I feel led to say it kind of vibe. (laughs) Mm, These are such juicy questions. Thank you for asking. My writing is really special to me. And what I've actually realized this year, which is interesting, so I've been writing since literally I was like four or five. Mm -hmm. But I realized this year that one of my learning styles, I'm a very kinetic learner. So I need to, number one, actually like get inside something to fully comprehend and understand it. But two, I realized this year that there is a kind of learning that is through writing. Mm. And it just like dawned on me because when I first started realizing that writing was not only something I love to do, it was one of my deepest gifts. It was in high school. And one of my teachers gave us the liberty of you know, anytime we had an assignment, he's like, yeah, you could do like a book report, you could do a poster board, or you could do a personal essay where you relate to something that you read in this you know, book. And I just went off the deep end. I thought that was so powerful. And I just find that I have, when I write about my life and what I've experienced and what I think about, it actually helps me bring all of those things into my awareness and integrate them. So, you know, it's like, yeah, if I, if I don't write about something, it's, it's present in me. But when I write about something, I'm always shocked because what it does is it illuminates for me things. And I'm like, where did that come from? Mm. Who said that? So it, 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 again, it allows me to excavate things that they don't necessarily feel of, right. But they're, it's, I guess the easiest way to say it is that writing is one of my channels to source, to God, to the universe. And through that, I can actually tap into larger truths than just Mm -hmm. what I see and experience. So my process is, uh, I usually end up having a conversation with someone and it'll kind of trigger something that's been like pecking at my brain. I'll be like, ooh, this feels juicy, you know? And I particularly like writing about consciousness, transformation, my spiritual, you know, perspective and belief system. And I call these medicine stories. And the lineage that I work within has helped me see that medicine is an exchange. 
when we exchange our stories, when we exchange our teachings, when we exchange our lessons, it is because there's something here for me. But if you're connected to it, if you're drawn to it, if it resonates with you, there's something there for you. Yeah. And right, like it's like the it, words in the story carry an, an energy, a healing, a medicine with them. Yes. So good. Yes. And <laughs> it to me is like, oh, what a blessing. Because we again we become something greater when we allow that to happen, when we allow ourselves to be moved and changed by someone else's experience and so when I write I allow that to happen for me it's like I kind of fall into like it feels like a river and I let that river show me what what is important about this thing I'm so fascinated by so it's it's very like underneath my waking conscious agenda mm-hmm. like I, you know a good piece of writing, I know I will have arrived when I'm surprised by the ending. Mm. Like I have sort of a destination, but if I know exactly what that is when I go into the writing, I haven't allowed myself to get turned inside out, which is that I haven't allowed myself to be truly vulnerable. Mm. So I love that. And it makes me think of this analogy that my intuition gave me one time where it was I was just feeling like I was in a season of like, just like chaos and like rebirth and like feeling like I was like going against the flow of the river so much. And my inner voice was like, you can't get out of flow. You are the flow. You are the river. Like a river doesn't wonder, should I go left or should I go right? Should I do rapids today or should I stop? Should, am I going too fast? Oh my God, am I broken? Cause there's rapids. Am I broken? Cause the water stopped. The river just is, the river just flows. The river just does. And it sounds like when you're writing, it's like, you're just being the river. Like, you're like, I'm not wondering, should I go left? Should I go right? Should I go fast? Should I go slow? Where is this river even going? It's just like, I'm just being the river and like flowing in the path of least resistance. And it's like the river that created the Grand Canyon didn't know it was creating the Grand Canyon. And yet somehow it ended up the Grand Canyon. So I feel like it's like, boom, what you just said about the writing was like, so parallel to that. Like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wow, you brought that so full circle for me. You brought that full circle for me. And I will share that one of, it's not a published piece yet because it's in my book, my second book, but one of my favorite essays that I've written is called The River of No Return Mm -hmm. for that reason, because you can't know where life is going to take you. And if you did, how fucking boring would that be? Yes. So good. Okay. I'm going to have to read that. When is your second book coming out? Oh, I don't know, but I'm happy to send you the piece privately. Okay. If, yeah, I'd be happy to share that with you. And what's your first book called? I'm going to get that and we're going to link it in the show notes. Ooh. So my first book is called The Art of the Experiment. Ooh, so good. Okay. That leads me perfectly into what I wanted to talk about next, because I know you're really big into experiments as in my words, I would say like a portal to transformation. So can you talk about your experiments and what that means? And maybe give us an example of like what an experiment would be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So experiments came up for me because as I was teaching, I realized that we all know this, right? The hardest thing to do is change your mind, to change yourself. We all get stuck in our grooves. And I was like, Ooh, 
people struggle with this and our own internal orientation to change is the roadblock to moving through it. So I started thinking about that and I was like, I'm not really someone who likes, you know, like rules and steps, like, you know, that your process isn't the same as anyone else's. And anyone who tells you that like, this is my method, this will work for you. Sometimes it will, but a lot of the time it won't. Yes. Because it's not meant to. And it's like, why would we ever fucking want it to like, no two rainbows are the same. No two mountains are the same. Like we are so on the same page with that. It's just, yeah. When I started my business, I got so carried away and like the rules and the formulas and the structures. And I, it, I like caused myself so much, like just like pain and trauma and struggle. And eventually got to the point where I'm just like, okay, throw all that out the fucking window, bust me the hell out of this box. Like what the fuck Mm -hmm. do I want to do? And it's like, the way that you, the steps you feel called to take are the steps that get to work for you. It's like, who decided otherwise? Yes, (laughs) you get it. We, the best teachers are the ones who are going to help you find your path, your way through. So what I realized for myself is like, I like playing. Playing is one of the most powerful things we do as a human because no rules, number one. Uh, Number two, constant innovation and experimentation, which allows you to expand. And three, it's fun. Who doesn't want to have fun? No one wants to actually work, okay? But if your work feels like fun, you'll show up for it. So I was like, hmm, there's something here. And I started creating all, this is what the play temple emerged from because I wanted to play And I wanted to challenge myself to get outside my comfort zone. And the way that I felt to do that was to create these little experiments that could actually, as you said, be a portal to some sort of transformation. And sometimes there's a direction I'm trying to go, right? You know, it's like, oh, I kind of want to experience this. So let me try that. But sometimes experiments are just for the the sake of experimentation to be like, let me bust through my fear. Let me get rid of that wall because it's silly. It doesn't belong here. So let's see. I, to me, it's interesting because I started with the idea of an experiment and I've really started to shift into this sense of ritual and they're very intimately connected. I think experiments to me can be a little bit less spiritual. Like Mm -hmm. experiments are anything, right? Rituals tend to be a little bit more grounded in a spiritual practice, but let me think an experiment that I like to do. Okay. So one that's really simple is do the opposite, right? Ooh. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that would be like uncomfortable, but juicy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So I recently wrote about this in a newsletter because a friend and I, a very good friend and I were kind of teasing each other about our go-to methods, let's say. And he's a very well-meaning Virgo and he always has advice to give. And sometimes that's really triggering for people, right? Because we don't want to be fixed. We're like, let me have my mess. So I was kind of challenging him around that. I was like, hey, you know, here's a fun game for you. Here's like a, an absurd quest. And, you know, I kind of said, the next time someone who is a chaotic mess calls you. I was like, I invite you to just listen 
without any comment. And when they get done, you just say, you're doing great, sweetie, you know, and just let it be that. Let them mm -hmm. figure out their mess. You don't need to engage. You don't need to uh, participate, but you can still be a mirror and you can still support. And I was like, and you can do this from a janitor's closet in the bowels of the New York Metro because you're, you're somebody who likes cleanliness and, you know, spick and span spaces. Mm -hmm. So put yourself in a swampy little hole mm -hmm. and thrive in the chaos for a minute. Appreciate what it brings to your life and completely detach from it. So, so when nice. we experiment, we're just trying to get around a way of doing things that might be a rigid set of rules. And like holding us back from the infinite possibilities. That makes me, I've recently been playing with this idea of like living on the edge and like pushing my edges of like what feels comfortable. So I, you know, I had, and I had been asking for like asking my inner voice, asking the universe for like signs and opportunities to like bust me out of my box, help me live on the edge. And I had this guy book a consult to work with me and I've never worked, coached a man before. So that was like a new edge, a new experience, the opposite. And he wanted help finding a soulmate. And I've never advertised ever that I help people find soulmates. Wow. However, I knew I could support him in his journey. And my brain was like, he's a man. You don't work with men. You definitely are not an expert in this soulmate thing. Like this, you should probably say no, because you know, the business coaches would tell you that you shouldn't, you should only take the clients that are perfectly the ones you called in and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I just noticed all that shit and noticed how it was such an edge for me. And he wanted to have our calls at 7 PM, which I'm like, I don't like doing anything at nighttime. So I just noticed all these things coming up and it just felt like in my intuition, such a clear, like this is here for you say yes. And it's mm -hmm. like, and it was like, it was so many opposites. I said yes to so many edges. I said yes to, and it was, it's like such an expansion portal and such like a door opener an energy opener, like a, a box fucking buster. <laughs> like, yes. Just, it feels so good. It feels so good to like, yeah, like, like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if push is the word I'm looking for, but like play around the edges of like where we think our like limits are. Yes. Yes. And expand beyond speaking. what our minds think is like possible. Oh my gosh. And right. Exactly. Exactly. I love that you switch from push to play. Cause I feel like when we push, we're trying to force. Yeah. Right? Which to me is like, I struggle with that because there's Same. part of me that's like, I want it, so let me have it. But as soon as I step back and I'm like, what if you just played with it a little bit? It's like yes. things come so much easier. Yes. I love that you said yes to that. Yeah. That's so I love that experiment of the opposites. I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, oh man, there's so many ways I could do the opposite thing. I'm like thinking like, you know, like, okay, well, how do I react when there's like a sink full of dishes and I'm annoyed about it? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what would the opposite there be? And it's just like thinking about all these like different areas. And I think it's really fun to, with these experiments is like, it can be really big, grandiose experiments. And they can also be like little things like, what is the opposite in that scenario with the dishes or whatever? So yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's like a really, really fun, yeah, fun thing to play with. I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm like soaking that in because I'm like, I want to like remember to like play with that. 
Yes. Oh, I love it. This is so fun. Okay. What else do I want to ask you? So I know you were mentioning earlier in the interview about being a diviner. I don't even know if I'm saying the right word. So what is that? What do we, what do you want us to know about it? And what can mm-hmm. we, what can you share? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a diviner and I mispronounced it when I first got in there too. <laughs> I'm very phonetic. I'm like, I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> um, You're good. Diviner, divine, because divine diviner. Got it. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so in the tradition that I work in, and talk about a, a total serendipitous, again, like reroute of life. I lived in nor- Northern California outside of San Francisco for the two years before this. And I was following this call to live in the woods. And, you know, up until that point, I was in Los Angeles working in the tech scene, you know, living the life. And all of a sudden I was like, I, I need to go just like be a wild woman now, you know, let me just mm. do it, see what happens. And I ended up meeting, he was a friend of a, my ex-partner and he had what they call a initiation party for his community. He had basically been initiated into this tradition and part of the kind of celebration is they give free divinations to anyone who comes by for a full day. And in West Africa, where this tradition originates, it comes from the Dagara people in Burkina Faso. And it's, you know, it's like the whole tribe comes out, like the whole village. So it's literally some of the diviners, when they go through this party, they divine for three straight days without stopping. It's wild. So and is divining like channeling? It's, it's, that is part of it. So okay. I'll tell you a little bit more about what it, what it actually encompasses. So there's actually many forms of divination. Tarot is a form of divination. Divination is basically a medium through which you are kind of channeling or receiving messages. And so like tarot cards is the medium, for instance. And in this tradition, they have nine different forms of divination. And I am currently initiated in a form of stick divination. Cool. And what that looks like, (laughs) I always like to tell people, you know, when I would, before I came into the lineage, anytime I would be on plant medicine, or out in the woods, I'd find a stick and I'd be like, you are my pointer finger to the universe. I love you. Speak to me. And it would. And so when I came into this lineage and first got kind of first met the the tradition, it blew my mind. Wow. It was like, right. Like one of these experiences. You had already like like connected to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I had chills all over my body. I was like, oh my God, I understand what's happening. Even though I, I don't know what's happening, you know, from a mental perspective, it's beyond intellect. So essentially what happens is I have a kit that has a bunch of different pieces and these pieces are archetypal. It's like a 30,000 year old lineage. So it's like, I have rocks, I have sticks, I have feathers, I have pieces of bone. And each one of these pieces has a meaning. And that meaning is very archetypal. So I'll give you an example. I have a stone that represents nature. And nature has a teaching. And the teaching is usually something in the realm of transformation, change, right? Because nature is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And 
So when I sit down with someone, I have a stick and that stick is connected to a group of beings. And these beings are cross-cultural. We see them in Celtic traditions. We see them in pagan traditions. We see them in African traditions. They are leprechauns. They are fairies. They are the wild ones. And they speak to me through this stick and through these pieces. So what I find really powerful and beautiful is that they are telling me a story using these ancient pieces of spiritual technology. Mm. And here's the thing. When someone comes to me for a divination, I'll have them speak their prayers or questions out loud into a quarter, right? Like a 25 cent piece. They'll do this not in front of me. So it's, you know, if we're in Zoom, they do it before they come into the Zoom. If we're in the same room, it's like they go outside. I have no idea what they've asked about. But these beings will be like, they'll pick out the pieces. They're like, okay, these are the stories that we're going to talk about today. And then they will basically, you know, ask them questions about each piece. So it's like, oh, okay, I know the general kind of area that this piece speaks to. Mm-hmm. And then it's just up to me and them to be like, okay, is it this? Is it this? Oh, tell me more about that. So it's like, I'm piecing together this very personal answer or message that speaks directly to a person's question. Very and cool. it's. Yeah, like they will sometimes literally answer the questions exactly in the order that people ask them. Wow. And they will tell you things that are unreal. There are people who are like, how did you know that? And I'm like, I don't, I know nothing. They're just telling me what's, what's here. Wow. What do you feel? Is it that allows you to be in that receptive position where you can hear and receive these messages? Oh, it is such a humbling place to be because the biggest learning curve for me was actually letting all of my agenda go, Mm. letting my need to know go, letting go of this idea that I have someone's answers. That's actually not my job. And really listening deeply because how they speak is different for everyone. It's like if you're clairvoyant, you're going to see images. If you are clairaudio, audience, whatever, you're going to hear maybe whispers or messages from them. I'm claircognizant. So what ends up happening is I just know things and I'll follow the thread of this knowing and they'll give me more details to kind of say, oh yes, you're on the right path here or like, nope, not that direction. And so I'm constantly checking in with them to be like am I understanding this and I'll ask them that and they'll tell me if I'm totally off base they're like you missed something and I'm like what is it tell me more so it's this incredible practice of trusting my intuition beyond anything I've ever experienced Ooh, that sounds very fun (laughs) I would like to invite in something like that into my um, life. So holding that intention. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is so interesting. And speaking of nature, I know something we wanted to talk about today was 
like using nature as a tool for transformation. So can you share more about like how you practice that with yourself and, and your, your people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what divination has opened up for me, it has been nothing short of profound. It has started me on this journey of decolonizing my mind from just like these capitalist, imperialist, false ideas of how the world is structured, right? And I'm not alone in that. A lot of us have bought into this because it's what we inherited. It's what we were conditioned to believe. And it's simply not the only way. And so, and indigenous people know this, indigenous cultures and traditions are still connected to this. So it is a great gift to be invited in to learn from the elders, the wisdom keepers, the beings that I am in contact with. Because my ancestors, my you know, ethnic lineage groups, the people and places I come from, I got disconnected from that. White people, I think in general, are disconnected from that. So what this lineage has taught me is that nature is a template. It contains messages, answers, insights, patterns. It has so many patterns that if we were able to just listen more deeply and actually look around at what's available, we would be astonished at how much information exists for us. And I'll give you an example that this has taught me. <laughs> so I have a working theory that no matter what's happening in your life, if you have a problem, a situation, something that you need clarity on, if you go outside and you say to yourself, okay, I need help with this. I need help understanding this, you know, mm. relationship problem that I have. If you are present, if you are willing to see past your own ideas of what an answer looks like, one will be in your periphery. It will present itself as some, some example or situation or thing that enters your orbit. And I'll, I'll give an example that I love because right after I got initiated, I had a big falling out with a roommate of mine. And it was pretty gnarly. So it was just like, we went from being best friends to like not speaking for weeks. And finally I was like, I need to leave. And I was devastated. I love this house. And I was like, okay, but this is what needs to happen. And I need to really use this as an opportunity to look at why did this happen? Like, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's the breakdown here? And I have this very interesting fear of broken glass. I mm -hmm. don't like being around it. I'm always afraid it's like going to get in my eyeballs or something. And so I'm moving into a new home down the street. It's wonderful. It just kind of like appeared for me. And as I'm moving stuff in, I realize it, you know, I was living out in the woods, of course. So the path to my front door, there was this place where there was this pile of broken glass. And I mean, like embedded in the path. And oh. at, yeah, so I'm like, what does this mean that there is a pile of broken glass literally on the path to my home? And I spent days cleaning this up. I was pulling broken glass out of the ground. I filled up an entire grocery store wow. bag of broken glass, right? And get this, in my tradition, the cowrie shell is very important. It used to represent currency. 
And in particular, in my practice, it represents the grandmothers, the ancestors, and they're very wise beings. Mm-hmm. I finish, and as I'm so, you know, cleaning out all this broken glass, and I'm just, it was my moment to process. I'm like crying and I'm angry and I'm cleaning. And I continue to just clean and clean and clean. And when I cleaned all the broken glass out, guess what pops out of the ground? Four, no, three cowrie shells. Wow. And I just was like, you know, like, oh my God. (laughs) Right? Because three is the sign of transformation. And the message that I received from that experience was, if you do the work to clean up your life, you will arrive somewhere else. And it That's was what I was like thinking about before you said that with the glass. I'm like, what would that possibly like represent? And it feels like a like a willingness to like go into and look at what's feels like broken and like yeah, it's like feel through it and excavate it and like allow yourself to see what's underneath. Wow. So mm-hmm. such a wild story. And yeah, I resonate with that so much I love that idea of just like go outside and ask to be shown like a message and I I think that something I do a lot is try to like play with this energy of like openness and possibilities so like I'm open to seeing things Mm. differently I'm open to all possibilities I'm open and willing to being guided I'm open to a science show me the science show me the way show me what I need to know I'm open and willing to see things differently and I'll kind of like bring myself on like a little like rampage of saying things like this and allowing myself to like feel it and it's like oftentimes I will have breakthroughs have epiphanies and like also experience just like magic and manifestations and things around me just like flowing and working and it's like wow everything is just working for me everything is just flowing perfectly when I allow myself to go into that open willing present energy without Mm -hmm an agenda of where it's going to take me instead, just more like a trust and allowing. And it's definitely not easy. However, it's a really, really fun, like place to be. So I think that's just such a yeah fun way to like play with that. Just like go outside and be, be open to what wants to be shown to you, where you want to be guided. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You are tapped in number one. Like that Thank is, <laughs> yeah, it's, And I relate, it's not easy to completely surrender your strategies and your desires, but, and this is my big growth edge right now because I've been going through a massive death process, a massive rebirth where everything in my life basically crumbled in the span of three months. Mm -hmm. And I've been really having to confront the part of me that's like, but this is your way. This is how you have to do it. This is, you know, all the ways in which I try and force something to happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's been this great teaching for me of like, it's time to surrender, like hands off the wheel, let go. What is here for you when you take the blinders off? Yes. That is the miracle perspective. Yes, it feels like a miracle perspective and something I've also been playing with because I'm loving that word is playing with like looking for miracles and choosing to see everything as a miracle. Like the other day, I I think it was, I don't know, yesterday or the day before I went to 
a coffee shop and I had told my friend on Voxer, like I'm manifesting the perfect sunglasses today because mm-hmm. my, my program, whatever we're going to Tulum. And I just thought that it was like a very, like, just like clean desire. Like it was, I wasn't wrong for not having them. I, I, there was no rush to get them. I didn't need them. I just had this like clean, clear des- desire of like, I want my sunglasses and I'd love to find them today. And I like was, you know, just driving by this, you know, store on my way to this coffee shop, saw these sunglasses in the window, felt a calling to go in there, walk in there and find the perfect sunglasses within like two seconds. And it's just like, I was so freaking out. First of all, I was like, of course, obviously. And then I was also like, and yes, like celebrate this. This is a miracle. Like I was literally like, this is a miracle. I am amazing. I am the most like magnificent creator all for this like ridiculous pair of sunglasses that like, who really cares about like sunglasses that much anyways. But it's like having that like miracle, like, I don't know. It's like miracle. I don't know if I want to say mindset, but like miracle, energy where you just like claim the miracles claim things going on around you as miracles notice them celebrate them receive them and it's like then you start seeing more and more and more and more ah you're a woman <laughs> after my own heart I, I number one I love how you were referring to yourself as like I am a mar- like what is it miraculous or marvelous creator like yes and Two, you, a game that I was playing recently with a friend, we were on a road trip and I was like, let's make an inception list. Like let's incept ourselves with some miracles because hello, we're out here trying to have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So we like, we're like in bed together one night, you know, just two best friends. And we're like, what do we want to experience? Like, what are some fun possibilities? What are some curve balls? What are some really out there things? And Mm. Right. So I, wouldn't it be fun if that's what my client calls them? She was telling me this morning. She's like, it's fun to play in the wouldn't it be fun if. Yes. Yes. One of the things that we said is like, wouldn't it be fun if like we got some unofficial tour guides, you know, because we're out here just exploring and yeah, who knows? Who could show us around? And one night we were leaving dinner and we were walking down the street just to kind of, you know, head back to our place. And my friend was lighting up a cigarette and these three fun, you know, middle-aged women were like, can we bum a cigarette from you? And we were like, yeah. And they end up, one of them ran a website that was basically a local, all the places that we were visiting in the Hudson Valley, New York, were on this website. And she's like, oh, it has all the attractions, all like the nature spots, like unofficial tour guide showed up. Of course. (laughs) right and we're like yes go us we just had these three badass ladies you know give us this amazing tip that allowed us to really deepen our experience so you are on it like we need to celebrate them we need to name them we need to call them in yes I love that and then I just like we don't have to take things so seriously and it can just be a game and play and fun and trust me this is not my (laughs) state I'm perfectly in 24 seven when I'm in it I'm like oh I love it I'm feeling myself and it's like how and we can more like intentionally like call call in this energy allow in this energy and it feels almost like a, a giving of permission to ourselves to feel that because I feel like oftentimes something that came through today was I was thinking it's like us humans it's like we withhold 
our good Mm -hmm. feelings until we believe we've like suffered enough to like deserve them or allow them. And it's like, they're always there. They were always allowed. It's just like we with literally withhold them from ourselves until we believe that we've suffered enough or are worthy enough or deserving enough or something on the outside of us, exciting or good enough has happened. Then we allow ourselves to access our good feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what if we can allow ourselves to feel good just because we fucking desire to, and for no other reason than that we want to, and that it's available to us. I'm seeing, you are seeing me so deeply right <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm feeling the same way. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Can I say that I'm, I'm reading a book right now. I think you might appreciate it. It's called Initiation by a woman named Elizabeth Hike. Okay. She's I have no idea who she is, but apparently she's a very well-known European spiritual teacher who had very lucid memories of a past life as being a high priest in Egypt. And so this whole book is about her remembering these initiations that she received as this priestess. And one of the first ones that she talks about is exactly what you just named, which is we choose how we want to experience the world. We choose how we desire to react. And, you know, and and I've heard this before, right? But sometimes things like kind of punch us until we hear them, hear them. Yeah. And when I read that, I was just like, oh my God, because there's a part of me that has been deriving so much pleasure out of being like, I'm suffering. (laughs) Like it's hard. (laughs) And then I was like, wake the fuck up, honey. You are like a supreme consciousness on a miraculous planet. And you are playing that game because you love an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You like to feel the highs and the lows. So why are you beating yourself up over the lows? You know, everything in life, when we stop attaching to this idea of identity, Mm. you are so free. Your consciousness just gets to be in the most expansive space then because Mm. everything then becomes a route to evolution. Ooh, so good. That's like the ultimate freedom is the letting go of who you think you are. And then everything, yeah, becomes a portal to your ultimate evolution. Wow. Ooh, this feels very yeah. deep and, and good. I'm like, oh, I feel see? I'm like, this feels really good. No. Okay. Well, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, keep you going forever. So is there anything that we didn't talk about that's on your heart to share today or anything like coming through before we have you share your website and mm. all the things where people can find you? You know, this has been one of the juiciest, most delightful conversations I've had in a long time. Me too. So I think all I want to share is my gratitude. This I'm so grateful too. Wonderful. I had a feeling we would really connect and I actually, so the last guest interview I did, I was in a very weird energy when I went into it and I was actually really struggling to be present. And I was finding Mm -hmm. myself wanting to think about the right questions to ask and then not knowing what to ask and then not being able to listen to my, the person I was interviewing because I was like, what am I going to ask next? Am I going to be out of questions? And Mm -hmm. so today I really came in with the intention of like, I am here to be open, present, and willing for this conversation to go where it wants to go. So thank you for (laughs) seeing that because I like really came with that intention of just like being present and listening. And obviously I really connected to your energy and felt like 
called to having you here. And I think we're on the same wavelength mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So gratitude to you as well. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate that space that you held medicine that you hold. And I feel it, I receive it. And it has given me so much space to just be in my wild ecstatic joy. So yeah, this has Thank been you. wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. Where can everybody find you and work with you and anything you would want to share? Yes. So I just want to let everyone know that I am, I've been given a mission for my divination work and it's a big one. And so I'm just really committed to making it accessible, putting it out there. So I really want people to know that this is something I feel very connected to offering up to the world. And it's one of the most, it's one of the most potent things I welcomed into my life. It completely recalibrated me in the span of two years. So people can learn more about that on my website, youarethemagic.us. And they can also learn more about my other work. I'm currently kind of reconfiguring a, a program that's really about rites of passage. So I think that there's a lot of people who want to kind of bring ritual into a more regular rhythm in their life. And I'm personally calling in more amazing people to be in this practice with. It does not necessarily need to be me as the teacher, them as my student, but I'm, I'm calling in the kinds of people and practitioners who are in that field with me. So yeah, that's where you can find my, my stuff. And the link to my book is on there as well. You can also go to Amazon. It's called The Art of the Experiment. My name is kind of difficult to spell for most people. So, you know, I won't spell it all out here, but you can find links to all of that. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, your name will be spelled hopefully correctly (laughs) in the show notes. (laughs) Thank you. It's like one of those long, lifelong patterns where I'm like, oh my God, people can't find me because my name is so unique. And then what else? Oh yeah, if they want to connect on Instagram, you can find me at Katakan. That will be in the show notes as well. Yes. And yeah, I just, I love to talk about this stuff. And even if people are just like saying hi, I welcome that. I receive that and I embrace that. So hit me up, reach out. Let's, uh, let's connect. I love it. And you know, what's wild. I wanted to tell you when I saw that your website was called, you are the magic. It I was like, Ooh, this is like definitely a sign because I wrote this Instagram post a while ago. And it's something I've been saying in my content for a while and talking about, you know, that journey of like unlearning the rules and business and all these things. And just kind of like ending it with like, you are the magic, you are the strategy, you are the formula. And so, and when I saw your website was, you are the magic. I'm like, yes, this is my girl. So thank you again. I love this. And thank you everyone for listening. So much gratitude to you all. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Magnetical You podcast. If this episode served you, I ask that you share it with someone who it could make a difference for or share it on social media and tag me at Magnetically You. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the magic. And it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. And I will see you in the next episode.